Good morning. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. This week, a guest speaker is going to bring a special message for the church. Here is this week's special message. Yo, very good. It's good to see everybody today. I'm, I'm sliding farther away from that thing, so you can really hear it up here. So, but I think we're, I think we're good. So it's good to see everybody. Helen and I are here this morning, and we're with you pretty much every Sunday in spirit, but uh, unfortunately we're not able to be here physically. But uh, it's so good to see everybody, and it's such a welcoming place to come back again and to know the hearts that are loving God here and focusing on Him and caring for each other. And it's such a, such a warm thing, such a good thing to be connected in the Spirit in the places, you know, that we need to be connected in those deep places. And so, so it's so good to come and just join hearts and spirits with you and just really be encouraged and built up and, and edified. And I was just, uh, just picking her up today, and it just it's funny. I was listening to some worship, but I also felt like I almost heard, like, angels singing, you know, in the car in preparation for coming here today. So... Would not surprise me if some of you today hear angels singing and just the glory of God being revealed in your presence in what you're up to. John was talking about that praying at the end saying, you know, Christ sits in heaven and we have, you know, sometimes God elevates us into that place of experiencing those supernatural things in an incredible way. And so we ask him here and in every other church that seeks Him diligently, we ask that His presence, His supernatural presence be here to encourage our hearts and our spirits and really elevate us into who He wants us to become. And so, so it's such a privilege and a joy to be here today. So we're going to talk today about Hebrews 4, continuing on in the, in the series. And awesome, we have the, the slideshow up, which is great. And so we're just going to jump right into it. And I want to go, after this scripture, I want to go a little bit, a couple of scriptures, I want to go in a little bit into dialoguing with you about what the main word in this passage means, right? So I think it's kind of a rich word, so I don't think it's just one thing, but so let's talk about that once we get going. So we're going to start with Hebrews 4.1. So if you want to flip to that, that would be great. Therefore... Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it, the rest. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. All right, and we'll continue on. And yet, and this is kind of skipping a little bit of stuff here, so now we're going down to 3, the back end of three, verse 3. And yet His, that is God, God's works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere He has spoken about the seventh day in these words, on the seventh day God rested from all His works. And again, in the passage above, He says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Okay? Kind of ends a little bit of a preposition there, but that's where I kind of wanted to stop. 
So what, uh, what, what's the author of Hebrews here, inspired by the Lord? What is a rest? What is this rest he's talking about? So just go ahead and, go ahead and yell it out, right? What, what do you think his, the rest means that he's talking about here? Rest from laboring, okay? Rest from laboring, rest from working. So is that, is that spiritual? Is that emotional? Is that physical? Where, where do you think it is in, in there? Rest from laboring. And I'm, I don't want to pin you down. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of interacting, that's all. Okay, doesn't, okay, so we don't rest from the spiritual laboring. Okay, but God gives us peace, right? God gives us peace. Sometimes. Rest from stress is another, another comment. Yes, that's, that's right. God does give us rest from stress. Not all the time, every time, right? But he does. In the big picture, he absolutely does, right? Good. Other thoughts on the rest? To rest in Jesus, okay? So it's resting and, and being found in his presence. Being, you know, you know, praying to him and and feel, sensing his presence, or sometimes we don't feel his presence, but he's still there, right? Bigger than us, so we just persist in being centered in that place of knowing he's with us, and and, and we're focusing on him, honoring him, loving him. Other thoughts? Rest so we can do it all over again. So it's a rejuvenating rest, right? Kind of like a re recreation or recreation, right? We kind of recreate in order to recreate ourselves, to have energy to go on and to do the next right thing and to continue on. Good, good. Others? Juan? Your soul rests in the spirit. So we're receiving his peace and his power, right, in our soul so that we're confident and we're, we're, we're centered in him again, right? Yeah, good. Any any other facets of it? Getting your tank filled up. Okay, good. Spiritual energy, spiritual fuel for going forward. Good. All good. All right. Does anybody have another one? I think I think you guys are are, are covering most everything here. This is this is really good. But we're open for uh, going once, going twice. Yeah, I think I think you've pretty much covered it. Um, I think you've covered the, the kind of the whole picture. It's, it's, it's a, well, let me, let me give my definition. So what I thought is rest involves loving and obeying God in our actions, okay, because that's going to be in the passage today. Rest involves loving and obeying God in our actions, even while having the deepest comfort and support in good Father God nurturing and guiding and comforting us. So... You know, it's again, it's it's got that great picture of we are supported and loved and cared for by Him. At the same time, it's what encourages us to move forward. It's what encourages us to go to 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 get re-energized in God, to focus in in that deep place with Him in that spiritual place, to step forward into new things as well. Because each of our lives is not simply, you know, day after day after day after day doing the same old things. Well, yeah, there's that aspect to it, but it's so much deeper than that, 
in that we're, if when we're focusing on Jesus, there's a spiritual way forward. There's a spiritual mountain for us to climb where there's going to be incredible views as we move forward. There's going to be incredible experiences. There's going to be incredible union with God in his presence so that all the, the normal things in life kind of have a new meaning in the center of them because of his presence and his glory and his grace. And so... And so, yes, there's that resting and there's that, that being rejuvenated, there's that being relaxed, being, being satisfied, but there's also that, that incredible spiritual hunger to walk forward with God, that incredible spiritual place of, of when I sit and think about him, he calls me into deeper and deeper and richer and richer places. He calls me into new things, into new, new adventures. And so, so this is really, really good stuff, right? And so... The author of Hebrews is really working hard here to talk about this rest of God. And, and we didn't cover all the scripture here, but I think you got a picture. You know, and, and so you got a picture of what he's talking about with rest as we begin. So let's, let's just kind of break this down then into kind of about four points as we walk through this kind of passage of chapter four. So the first thing is that is that God's good presence is the deepest reality. And of course, this is the entire scripture, right? God's true presence, God, his good presence, he truly loves us. That's the deepest reality of, of, of who we are, what we preach, what we proclaim, the whole thing. And so that's the thing that binds scripture together is the presence of God, him revealing himself, him being truly here, him being always here. And, and, and so this is, this is the fundamental. And so we just we always go back to this when we talk together. We always go back to this when we're we're thinking and praying and focusing on what God is up to in our lives, when we're dealing with the storms in our life and the places that are very difficult, the places where where we essentially have to die to ourselves and we're, sometimes we're not sure what it looks like beyond that. It's like this is the thing we go back to. Right? We go back to the fact that God is here. God is way bigger than me. God is real. And all the things that I'm going through are understood by my loving Heavenly Father. Everything I'm going through is understood and valued by Him. And He is going to give me everything needed to go through that process and to learn. And at some point in time, to come out the other end smelling like a rose, spiritually. Right? Which is the major thing in life. And... He also gives us friends, houses, family, possessions. He gives us everything that's needed as well, right? But the spirit is the key, right? All those other things are just kind of the, just kind of the, the nice-to-haves on it, right? Although we do need food and we do need basic things, but we don't always have everything we want. But in the spirit, we have everything we absolutely need and more, rich and overflowing. And so, and so the great thing is that, you know, when we get into difficult places, we just go back and we just say, okay, Christ was raised from the dead, right? Christ defeated the greatest, the greatest opponent that any of us have ever had. You know, he's raised again after three days. Therefore, the power of God, and you've heard me say this a few times, the power of God is always present to break through into any situation with a miracle, if it's needed, with, with sustenance, to continue on if that's needed, with whatever is needed in that situation, friends, counsel, whatever is needed will be available, 
right? God will break through with whatever is needed, whatever, whatever is important in the kingdom, because that's just how God is. God is infinitely generous, infinitely good, far better than us, right? I'm, I'm very concerned for my own welfare, right? And sometimes that gets distorted, right? That's the nature of sin. We all deal with that. Our, our self-worth and the things that we need gets distorted. But in the big picture, God is always able to call me back to say, nope, I'm here. It's like, you can worship me. You can honor me. You can focus on me and all the other stuff. It's like, just kind of let yourself be undistorted in a way. Can be painful too, right? But it's glorious because that's where his presence is. That's where his love is. That's where his grace is. That's where, where the generous things that he gives to us are extended to us and brought, brought forward. You know, it's like here, here you have the people of Israel, right? You know, it's like God takes them out of Canaan because there was a big, you know, with, with, with Jacob and, and Joseph, there, there was a big um, famine. So they, you know, it's like a lot of people died in Canaan. He took them down to Egypt and gave them the fruit of the land. They were, they were farmers. Now, the, now, granted, the Egyptians didn't really like to farm, so they didn't really want the land around Goshen, but they, the king, because of Joseph's stature, gave that, or the, the pharaoh, gave that to the Israelites to farm. So he gave them the fruit of the land to farm, which is what they, loved, they did. They were, they were farmers and, and wanderers. And so, yes? Yep, absolutely. So it would have been it would have been a good agricultural place. But he had a lot. He had Yep, yep, absolutely. And so and so they they had the fruit of the land there, and yet things turned against them because it talks about a king arose that knew not Joseph, which means that there was a there was a probably a coup. There was or somebody conquered them, right? There's all sorts of these, these things that go on. We saw this stuff in Russia here over this weekend where there was sort of, sort of, a, sort of a, some sort of a uprising that looked like a coup for a while and then, and then kind of disappeared. Um, but of course, the implications are going to remain in Russia because it's a nasty place, right? But, but that happened in, back in Egypt. And so the Israelites now were persona non grata. So they were basically made slaves. And so they were having to work they were having to be forced into hard labor, building the Pharaoh's cities. And so in the end, they cried out to God, and God basically gets them out. If you remember, he sent, you know, he sent Moses and Aaron, and you remember the miracles? He did a bunch of miracles to convince the Egyptians to let them go. I mean, who's going to let slaves go unless they're forced to, right? If you're the king and they're doing the labor for you, who are you going to, you know, why are you going to let them go? Well, God essentially forced the Egyptians to let them go, right? And, and a lot of the things that he did were basically directly attacking the gods of Egypt. You know, they knew that their gods were being attacked just by what, just by the, what he did. You know, multiply, I didn't, I didn't research this, this is just coming to me again, but they did a bunch of stuff. Let's see, he did, he turned the waters of the Nile into blood, I think, right, Todd? He also brought uh, locusts on the land and just devoured everything, like grasshoppers, they ate everything up. There were what, six or seven other things? Frogs, that's right. What else? Lice. Lice? I don't remember that one. Flies. Flies, right? That was different than locusts, right? Okay, yeah, well, you were close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
So, and, and a lot of these were attacking the Egyptian god. And so, it's, but, and, and so here is God now erupting into the natural, right? The things that we see and do. Erupting from the supernatural to, to precipitate, precipitate a change in what's going on. And so, in every situation that, that we find ourselves in, it's like, it's like we are praying for God to bring his kingdom forward, and sometimes that means change. And so we're, we're asking him to precipitate those changes where they're needed, and yet to give us that rest of, of eternal life, that rest of peace with God, that rest of being in his presence. So this is really good, but again, on this earth, you know, a lot of folks have, have forgotten God or they've chosen to forget him, right? And so number two, many people want to have the benefits of God for their own selfish possession. And this is even people that, that, that seek God. So, so even there are a lot of Christians even, maybe some of us. I think we focus on God more, more than a lot of churches do because um, we're so tight-knit. We know each other. And, and it's, like, it's sort of like we, we implicitly and sometimes explicitly encourage ourselves to honor God and to follow God, pretty, I think, pretty thoroughly. So this is really good. But there are a lot of situations where you see Christians that are kind of more caught up in like the things of the world. You know, you know like, like their job becomes a, a massive thing for them, more than just provision. It's like they, possessions become important, you know, the lifestyle, the vacations, the car, the extra, the, the cars, the house, all these things become, become pretty important. And we're, and we're not even talking now about outright pagans, right? Which our society is moving towards more and more, right? Really kicking God out of everything. And so what the author is talking about here is, is basically saying, it, it, and, and he's really talking about Jews back then. But he says in verse 6, Therefore, since it remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. So, so there is that possibility of us being hardened to God and not wanting to focus on him. And so our disobedience does not allow us to enter into God's presence, into his rest, into his eternal salvation. And so it's just something we need to, to be aware of, right? We need, to, we need to just be aware of this. We don't want to beat ourselves up, we, we want, but we, we want to honor God out of love and care. That's the main thing. But we also just need to be aware that this is a serious endeavor. This is very serious in that, in that to be found before the Lord and to be affirmed by him on the final day, it's our hearts you know, want to be focused towards him. We want to, want to let our treasures be there in that place with him so that we're able to, able to say to him one day, you know, I, I, did what I, I did what I could for you. I worked with the kingdom. I, honored, I tried to honor you. I tried to bless you, encourage you. Father, I tried to convince other people or be with them to let them see you. And so this is so this is a, a really cool thing, and it's just it's just good because you know, whenever we meet people and start talking with them, you just kind of kind of get a drift over over a few minutes of what really motivates them, you know, what they're thinking about, what they're working on, and so it's just a good thing to do when when you're talking with someone, just ask the Lord, okay, Lord, kind of what motivates this person? I mean, what who are they? What what are they after? Not to, not to really try to, to make be judgmental, but just to be like, how can I be encouragement to seek God? Right? 
In what way? And sometimes that means just, just caring for them and, and loving them, not even talking about the gospel or God because they just need to be valued and cared for. But, but maybe there's a further conversation that can be had. You know, maybe there's, there's something further that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, go ahead and, and share with them. Um, maybe there's something that, that happens. I mean, occasionally I'll say bless you or something to one of the cashiers where I go, and sometimes I get the evil eye, right? Um, which is, which, you know, Helen kind of said, she gave you the evil eye, and I'm like, well, okay, I, I, I don't want to shove something in her face and be nasty. At the same time, I'm just trying to honor God, and if a person doesn't like that, well, that's, that's their decision, not mine, right? I'm trying, I'm trying to be caring and blessing. Other times, you know, you have great conversations. There's one guy in Trader Joe's down here that we go in and we talk, and and, and we just kind of escalated the conversation, each of us, up to almost saying, you know, we're Christians and we're loving God today together. You know, it's like we just talked about, you know, God, God is good and it's like it's a good day and, and God lo- even and sometimes hard things come, but God loves us even in those. And so we, we got it to that point of we both were pretty sure the other one's a believer, right? And so Pat's nodding because you've done that before. Yeah. And it's, it's fun. And he yelled at me as I left, like, good talking with you. I said, it was good. He goes, good sharing with you today. I go, yeah, it was awesome talking with you today. So we just, we agreed. I mean, he kind of made the point after I'd even left the thing. So it was just one of those uplifts in the middle of the day that's just awesome because you just sense the spirit of God just encouraging both of you as you're sharing and enjoying the day together. And so, and so um, that's, that's kind of, to be our mode as we're out in, in the world is to is to let the Lord be in that center place with us and to be to be centered in a really good way, leaning forward into Him, so that we're able to share and care for people's hearts, and including our own in a good way, healthy way. But we just we just want to share God's presence. We want to share His goodness, His love, His His grace. Right? We are so loved and valued by Him. We are so loved and valued by Him. It's like, it's like, why can't we share the overflow? Why can't we, can't we share the good stuff? Why can't we share the great things that are happening? And this is really awesome. And so the author here is just reminding us that some people are not going to want this, right? The Jews back then, many of them chose not to, even when Jesus appeared in the flesh. And what a tremendous thing that would have been. You know, what, what a presence of the Father. What incredible, incisive you know, questions and, and, and teaching that he gave, right? And yet, and yet some of them said, nope, I, I want to rely on my own opinions about God, my own framework, my own theology about God, and I'm not willing to change even when someone comes that's, that's far closer to the Father and far closer to the, to the spiritual, the numinous is another term for it. It's sort of that stuff we can't physically measure, but we know it's there when it's spiritual, right? And so they chose not to, um, not to honor Jesus and not to respect him as a Messiah. They chose to try to maintain their power in their own framework as opposed to honoring him. And, you know, so, so we don't see that as much in our culture now. Now when we go out in the culture, it's turning more pagan, right? You're, you know, it's all the different trans things that are going on and LBGDQ, and we care for people, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's LGPD. I mean, it depends. Next week it's going to be that. So I'm just ahead of things right now. 
I'm, you guys know the joke, like they add on a new, a new letter every week or so, and who's the authority that adds on the letters? Well, we don't really know, but they just get added on anyway, right? Um, but, but we're making a little bit of fun of it, but we care for people in their heart, right? We care for the people. But yet, there's a lot of things going on now that are perverting God's good intentions for people. There's a lot of these things that are really people crying out for help. They just don't understand that. <laughs> they don't get it. They've not understood. So we pray for God to reveal to him, to them, that they need him. And that there's a way forward in his way that's powerful and good and truthful and honoring. And yet, you know, we see the mass of society now, the elites, the mass media, we're seeing this pushed so hard, you know. Abortion, you know, the trans agenda now, it's like um, just, you know, LBGTQ, all the stuff that's going on is just is being, being kind of forced forward. And it's sort of like people have to worship something. And if it's not going to be the true God, well, then it's going to be something that's not, not good. So it's really kind of sad, right? It's, it's very sad when you really sit and think about it because pe people's lives are destroyed by these things, right? And it's, it's usually the impressionable people that haven't really thought it through that, that, that is really hard because people that choose to do these things, they know they're doing the wrong thing. Well, that's one thing, right? They're, they're really going to have to seriously change before they're able to, able to really come to God. They're really going to have to get down on their face and repent. But it's the people caught in the middle that don't really understand, you know, they don't really get the implications of all this stuff. And they're, and especially children, those learning, those are the people that we really hurt for because it's, it's just hard to see the destruction that happens. I mean, some of us that have a few more gray hairs, we've seen this happen, right? You see the enthusiasm of being young, the energy, the power, the vitality. It's like when you're young, you're immortal, you're invincible. Right? So you can do anything. But as you get older, you start realizing this, those things have consequences. Decisions have consequences. And it's like you start seeing, and especially in relationships, in terms of how we're thinking about ourselves and others and people, right? Those things have, have consequences. So, so we see the destruction that starts to come when you, when you put the world into chaos, and then you expect good things to happen out of the chaos. Usually that doesn't happen. I mean, especially when you're fomenting or increasing the chaos and increasing the confusion, increasing the difficulties, which a lot of the society is doing now, especially the elites. Um, and of course, you know, the, behind this is the enemy of God, you know, and, and so there's direct and indirect encouragement of the, the chaos and the destruction. Um, and so we see it, and it affects us, and it affects those that we care for, our friends, it affects our family members in some cases, people we work with, people we care for at a more, more distant, but, but it's there. And it's so, so that's why it's good to come back together and share, you know, and, and to be together and talk about these things and, and find, our, find, our find the presence of the Lord again together to be able to knit with more strength and more, more power and more confidence and love to be able to step out and to continue to, to let God's presence be in the world. Is this making sense? This good? All right. Does anybody have any other part of that you want to talk about? Is there any aspect of it that's a question or you feel like you want to, you think it would be good to pursue together?
curious if there's any questions or thoughts right here that pop up. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. I, I love to be interactive because I love to go back and forth, right? That's just kind of how I'm, I'm built. So, so I think it's always fun to talk together about things because different people bring in different perspectives and it's just, it gets richer the more people kind of contribute into a topic or discussion, so that's kind of why I enjoy it. And we're small enough we're able to kind of go back and forth in here and enjoy it. When you get to a bigger congregation, then it's kind of harder because, you know, you got a lot more stuff going on. So we've, we're, we're going with the scripture again. Many people want to have the benefits of God for their own selfish possession. So we've shared. However, the only way really forward, this is number three, is to obey God his way is what the author is, is, is telling us, right? And he's, he's, he's busy to say it's not just, not just the theory of who God is, but actually what we're doing in our life, you know, following the Ten Commandments, you know, thinking about Jesus' beatitudes, you know, blessed are the pure in spirit, they will see God. Um, the things, love, your, love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself, so that means love God first, but also care for yourself in a really healthy way, in good ways, but then extend that to the people around you. Extend, extend that healthy loving to them as well. And so this is like, this is like really cool stuff. And so the author is, is kind of reminding the Jews back then and people kind of caught between, between being Jewish and being Christian. So he's kind of working that distinction back then historically. So the Jews talked a lot about God, had a lot of the good things they said, especially the Pharisees. A lot of their doctrine was good, but they just wouldn't follow Jesus as Messiah, right? So that was the tension back then and, and what he's working with. But for us, it's kind of like just a reminder to say, yeah, let our actions match what we really believe about God, what we say about God. So just we just sit and we think through what we're doing. Okay, am I doing this because I want to honor the Lord? Right? Is this, is this a good thing to be doing? Or is this something I should probably not do because it's really not honoring God? Um, and it's not a healthy way for me to move forward. And so this is cool stuff. And the good thing, of course, is that we're not by ourselves in this because um, we have, the author reminds us in verse 12, for the word of God is active, is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, so the author's reminding us here, okay? God's word, reading the scriptures, meditating on it, talking with God, right? Being with friends that are tight with God to try to, to make sure that, you know, to give us that support of that, that encouragement and friendship and being cared for and valued and us doing that for them. This stuff is, is sharp. God's word is sharp. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts. So, so God is able to inform us over time about all these things. He's not going to dump everything at once, but as we go through life, he's going to inform us about what we need to change or what's a really good thing in our life, what's an encouraging thing, what's a super thing. So he's going he's gonna to give this discernment and show us how to walk forward in really awesome ways. And so this is a cool thing. Nothing in creation, or nothing in all creation, 13, is hidden from God's sight. 
Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So, so he's going to give us all these incredible cool things of discernment to understand as we go forward. And so we're not just going to be on our own. We don't have to rely on our own puny intellects. We don't have to rely on my own, you know, my own uh, limited and sometimes flawed ideas about what's going on, right? God is going to, over time, backstop all that things and move me into that place of power in him, of confidence in him, of blessing in him, of humility, of gentleness, of being present and being affirmed and valued and cared for. And so, on the day that we give account, we also give account for every good thing we do. God's going to say, you did awesome in this. This is an incredible thing. You, you operated with me. You were focused on me. Even in the midst of this world that can be so confusing and gray and, conf and, and difficult, you were seeking my heart. And I'm not worried about, the, about the, the, the minor stuff that happened. I'm not worried about the medium stuff. It's like you were focused on the major thing, which is loving me. I affirm you. I affirm you. I save you. I elevate you. Right? Well done. As it goes on, my good and faithful servant. Right? God's going to do that. So even on that day that all the accounts are opened, it's like all the incredible good stuff that we're doing to seek him and to honor him, to elevate him, to hold him high, to let him be known among the peoples, that is recorded and will also be proclaimed on that day. So that's a great encouragement. It's a great encouragement to walk forward with him. It's a great encouragement, right, to, to spend time focused on his heart, to read the scriptures, right, to be talking together, Bible studies, conversations, right, ministering to people, blessing them, clerks at Trader Joe's, you know, whoever. Whatever opportunities we have, it's a great, great thing to, to kind of spread the, the good news, right, to spread the seeds of the good news, you know, What's the parable? The guy went by sewing. You know, back then it was kind of throwing stuff out, right? It wasn't the big machines like we have today. They would take it and throw the seed. We're, we're throwing out the presence of God. We're, we're throwing it out so that other people can be not throwing in the garbage. We're throwing it out to seed people, right? For the fruit that comes from that over time. So it's, it's, so it's an awesome, incredible thing. And, number four, we are given the incredible benefits of the massive God. So, this, and we've been talking about this as we're weaving it through, but I just kind of wanted to make, it, to make it a point here. So, again, the first point, and you don't need to do this, this stuff, Becca. God's good presence is the deepest reality. Number two, many people want to have the benefits of God for their own selfish possession instead of for God. Three, the only way forward is to obey God his way. And four, we are given the incredible benefits of the mass of God. And this is where, where things kind of start shifting a little bit in Hebrews 4. And so we're going to read it here in a second. It, it, a bit tie, it goes into the next chapter. And, and again, 
you know, the scripture we just worked on, the word of God is active and alive, that's like key. I mean, a lot of people have heard that. That's really a key passage for us, right, in the church. Um, this, this one also is. And so this, this chapter's got like two pretty major things. And that starts with verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So, so here now we get into this, this idea that Jesus is the high priest. And again, remember, a priest is one that, that is the, the go-between between God and man. So it's like, so it's like God, you know, God himself becomes the go-between. You know, Jesus himself becomes the go-between between the Father and between us. And so we're not left in this, in this kind of like distant place with God. God doesn't have to be a distant God. You know, this, this inscrutable, unknowable, I'm not quite sure who he is. I, I'm not quite sure how this all works. It's like this spiritual stuff is so difficult and hard, and I just, I really can't make any progress in it. It's just, I'm just going to give it up because it's just, it's, I, I just, I can't get any traction on this. It doesn't have to be that way. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven. So Jesus himself was in heaven to start, came down to us to live as a man, the fully God, fully man, right? Came down to show us what it is that the Father is thinking about us. He's showing us. He's, he's you know, in some case, you know, I, I don't know if Jesus was a hugger, but he, he's, he's a hugger to those that need to be hugged. And it's like, even back then and even now spiritually, it's like, you know, he cares, he hugs and blesses and loves on people, right? For the, for the thinker, he's a thinker. For the hugger, he's a hugger and better than any of us. And he's all of those things all at once in, in the perfect, perfect format. And so, and so this, this walk with God is not, um, is, is not too difficult or too spiritualized or to, you know, to, you can't, you can't grab it. You can't really operate with it. No, it's like he knows exactly how to make it real to us, for us, for it to be vibrant in us, and for us to be able to be confident in his presence and his love and his grace and his mercy. And so he's the great high priest. He gives us incredible gifts. You know, he does sacrifices for us to God, the one, the one, the eternal sacrifice of his own body, so that we're able to be reconciled to God. We're able to be tight with God. We're able to be in that place of being loved and valued and cared for by God all the time in, in such a great way. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one that has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. That's verse 15. Good. It's up there. So, so you know, God is, God is saying, you know, you're, you go through difficult things and you realize you're, you're flawed and you make mistakes and sometimes you're, you're in sin. Sometimes you're doing the wrong stuff. But, but I, understand, I understand the pressures of that. I understand the temptations of that. I understand how, how challenging it is to step into the spiritual and to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I, I understand that. I was tempted in every way. And so, and so, 
you know, in, the, in those places where we're, we're feeling weak or feeling challenged, it's like we just go back, Jesus, please love me and care for me here. Please love me and care for me and give me the strength to do the right thing. Build that strength in me because I don't have it right here. And he's generous and caring to do that. He's absolutely generous and caring to do that. Now, does he help us grow in that situation? Sure. It's like, yeah, there's, it's, it's sometimes not fun, and there's, there's growth and stretching, but that's okay. It's okay. Because if we're loved and valued by him, what does it matter if there's growth and stretching? It's, that's good. If he permits it, it's good. He's a good father. He's not a bad father like people that rebel want to say. No, that's the lie, right? No, the truth is, the good, good father, even if things that are difficult are permitted in our life, they're, they're really a graduation into something better spiritually. We're just not looking on the right plane. We're just not evaluating on the correct plane yet, right? What's the words of the, the Christian song? Didn't think about this before. Um, something like, Lord, please calm the storm. But if you don't want to calm the storm, please calm me, right? It's something to that effect. He says it a little better than that, but I, I forget. I think it was like, please calm the storm, but if not, calm me. And that's, and, and, I mean, that, that's a great prayer, Lord. Lord, please do the miracle. I mean, that's kind of the context of Peter seeing Jesus coming on the lake and saying, walking on the water and saying, Lord, let me come to you. And, and Jesus said, come. And it says, Peter hopped out and with, with incredible faith at first, but after a few steps, he started to sink because he started realizing this is not normal. This is not normal on the earth to be able to walk on water. This is not normal. It doesn't work this way. And so it's like his, 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 he, he, he was reverting to thinking just like everything that's here on earth is going to continue as it always does, and everything will, will operate in the way that it always has. And basically, Jesus kind of said, no, elevate beyond that. It's like, think, I'm going to save you. I'm, I'll, I'll rescue you. But it's like, but it's, like it's, it's there for us to say, think about what plane. Think about what God is trying to do on a spiritual plane when we're in situations in life that are difficult or stretching. Think about what he's doing there. Focus on the spiritual plane that he's going, as opposed to what's happening in the natural down here. Okay, Does that make sense? This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. This is what changes cultures. This is what changes lives. This is what, this is what elevates people into the presence of God, is this sort of stuff, right? Being, being found in him and having, having a hard, in the good sense, a hard determination to be in the presence of God doing his stuff and not to be shifted off that. Nobody's going to shift us off that unless you want to be shifted. There's no confusion out there that's going to get you unless you choose to be, to be shifted off God, right? There's all sorts of stuff out there, all sorts of messages, all sorts of voices, all sorts of uh, encouragements, enticements, all sorts of sexual things, all sorts of things, you name it, all sorts of things going on. But it's like, but it's like, no, we don't have to be shifted off who God is unless we choose to operate that. Because God gives us everything we need, his presence, his love, friends, 
All these things are important in order to honor and bless him. So, he's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so, we just kind of talked about that. I just kind of summarized it in different words previously. So, in every time of need, we have that opportunity to, to go to his throne of mercy, his throne of care, and to receive the good things that he desires to give to us. So, cross the board. Cross the board. Right? And, you know, as the scripture talks about too, this, this world is passing away. So, what we're operating with here is, is big to us now, and it should be, because he's, he's assigned us to this place right now. But, when we graduate to heaven, it's like all these things are, are, are very small. No crying, no tears. Everything is glory in heaven. Everything is beauty, right? No pressures anymore. No need for food. Although Helen tells me you can eat if you want to up there, right? I enjoy, I enjoy food. I like eating. But, but God's presence is everywhere up there. He's sustaining everything, his life. And so everything down here is just a kind of a broken kind of a uh, <laughs> broken, um, what, what am I looking for? Fractured, fractured, you know, goodness from him. You know, because, because sin and, and, and corruption has basically corrupted almost everything that's here, everything that's here on earth, right? And so, but, so we see the awesome good things, the sun, the food, everything that's good, but this is just a, a fraction of what it will be in heaven one day. And so when we focus, yeah, Yeah, Safety. yeah, yeah. But there's so much more outside. Exactly. And so you put that parable in, like, what's heaven going to be like? If we're, if we're yep. figuratively in the womb and we're comfortable there, then heaven's going to be so much bigger. Absolutely, yeah. So on the podcast, if you didn't hear, the comment was that someone, someone had told this person that it's like being in the womb. When we're in the womb, we're comfortable. We have no idea what's beyond that. We have no idea what's in the world. But then we're born and we start realizing the great things that are out here. It's the same with us looking at heaven. One day this will be like being in the womb and it will be so much more glorious and incredible. Yeah, that's exactly. And so, and so this is what we set our hearts on together. This is what we set our, our, our focus on together. And so I'm going to conclude here because um, I, I get intense on these things and I don't know how far attention spans go on these and all. Um, but, but I'm going to go ahead and I think I've got one more slide. If you can do that for us, Becca. So let each of us elevate into the obedience and rest in our lovely Jesus Christ. That's kind of what, what the author's talking about in, in, in four. Um, if you want to come on up, John, that would be cool. Um, so that's kind of what, what, what to summarize four is, is let each of us elevate and into the actions and, and presence of God and the things that are, that are important to do. And, and so, so the joy that comes, you know, in the presence of the Lord is an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing. It's way beyond this, this earth. And I know many of you receive that joy and you, you live in that joy. You know, you understand that. 
And so we're celebrating that together. We're celebrating God's presence. We're celebrating his, his graciousness to us. Um, I think that, you know, you're, you're going to have, uh, some of you will have like heavenly experiences here this day or this week. And it's like, this is awesome. And this is just the beginning. This is just a taste of what is to come one day. Because when we're in heaven in perfection, all the flaws pass away. All the challenges, difficulties are gone. And so, so the things you experience from, from, from and in heaven, right, are just the beginning, just a taste, right? Just a small appetizer, appetizer, <laughs> more like, right? It's a bit of an appetizer of what is going to come. And so, so he, is, he is above all, beyond all. He's the greatest ever. He's the best father. And it's like we, all, we are joining together in loving him, blessing him, honoring him, and being found in him. So this is an awesome thing. So Father, we just thank you for your, your power and your blessing today. Thank you for, for all that you're doing in every church that, that you are appearing in this day. Father, we pray, we, we just bless and love those that are really seeking you in a powerful way. We pray that you would elevate them even today with your power, your grace, and your love, with your, your consistency, your generosity, your purity, your intimacy, Lord. Let your intimacy come on those that are seeking you today. Father, be present with them in very intimate, rich, awesome, generous ways. And Father, those, for those that are caught in the middle today between you and, and the other side, Father, we pray that you give clarity to their hearts. Let them see farther. Let them see farther into the Spirit to be able to understand the difference between seeking our own things and seeking the things of God. Let them see farther and let them understand, Father. It's like being on a mountaintop. You choose to go one way or the other, and it's a long way down on either side. And so we pray that you'd let them see farther, farther up that mountain and farther along that, that precipice to see the results of what happens from choosing you or, not, or choosing themselves. We pray that they would choose you, Father, that they would understand to choose you, that they would have the strength, that they would have the companionship and the friendship and the love and the care from people to be able to have a community to be loved by you and valued by you. And Father, we pray for those also that are hard against you right now, Father. <clears throat> and they may be confused or they may just be obstinate. They may just be rebellious. Like, I'm going to have mine regardless of what you say, God. I don't care. I want to run my life. Father, I pray that you put enough roadblocks in their way that they realize that that's, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This will not end well. I pray you put enough roadblocks in their way to love them and care for them, to help them realize they're going to have to reevaluate their decision. They need to change that decision. 180 degrees, hard, hard about, hard about, full astern. Okay? Father, I pray that you put enough roadblocks in their way out of love that they know that they need, they need to reevaluate and change their life entirely. So we pray that, Father. Thank you for your incredible goodness, Lord. Thank you that you are so much bigger than us. You give us incredible richness and power and love and wisdom as we walk forward. Father, bless each of us today in, in your presence and your love. We just give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Good morning. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. 
This week, a guest speaker is going to bring a special message for the church. Here is this week's special message.